Hello, this is Jenny Taylor. Welcome to the podcast of my book, Brenton Non-Vampire, as read by my wife. I hope you enjoy. Bryn Non-Vampire Podcast, episode number three, written by Jenny Taylor, read by Maggie Taylor. I guess it's probably my fault that I don't have many friends at school. I mean, I work hard to remain distant, and while I do that on purpose, because I always try to limit the people I'll miss when I leave, it sometimes gets lonely, and nobody even bothers to try to talk to me most of the time. I walk down the hallway, almost invisible, never talking to anyone, usually. You need to try out for cheerleading next year, Sharon Tremaine said to me. There are always exceptions to this nobody-talking thing. What? It surprised me to be asked to do that. You're small. You'd be easy to throw. Um, we have a competitive cheerleading squad here, and they go to the national competitions every year. I can't. Sorry. Why not? She asked. She looks angry now. Weren't we in gym class together last year? I asked her. Oh, yeah. That's right. Never mind. She trudged away. We did have gym class together, and I was terrible in it. I was slow. I was uncoordinated. I couldn't serve a volleyball and couldn't hit a basket with the basketball. I ran out of breath easily and had to stop when we ran the mile. I couldn't even do the one pull-up the coach asked of us, and I was always the last person picked when we teamed up for anything. All of it was on purpose, of course, but it worked wonders, and everyone pretty much thinks of me as a little wimp and leaves me alone because of it. Of course, there have been times when someone pushed me around, but because I'm so tiny and wimpy, there's usually someone coming to my aid. School was slow and boring. Jess is right. I don't really need to do this. What are they going to do, throw me in jail for truancy? I have to forge papers just to get into school all the time. I mean, I have to show a birth certificate anywhere. I can't exactly whip one out from... I mean, if I have to show a birth certificate anywhere, I can't exactly whip one out from 1856, can I? I never actually had one, honestly. Hey, boo-boo, Jess called out to me. She says I remind her of Yogi's friend somehow. I don't get it. Wait up. Do I need to bring anything tomorrow? I can get some chips or burger or something. Nah, Mom and Dad already got everything. She put her hand on my shoulder. You should come with me and Tony tonight. Tony is her sometimes boyfriend. They go to the movies a lot, but that's about it. They don't even go to dances or out to nice restaurants or anything. Mostly they are movie buddies. I think that's her choice, not his. She's just not that into him. He's sort of in the just friends box. Poor guy doesn't even realize it either. I don't know if he knows how lucky he is to have her either, though. I'm not going to be a third wheel, I told her. Well, I don't like you sitting alone all the time. Puh, I shoved her shoulder playfully. You worry now? Ow, she said, fake look of hurt on her face as she rubbed her shoulder. Before, I had no idea you were sitting alone all the time. I thought you at least had your parents around. I'm okay, Jess. Don't worry. What about those people, she said. She glanced around, then leaned closer. The ones you said would kill you if they knew? 
It's not like they're looking for me. They just don't know I exist. Alejandro Sela. Alejandro said I should nah. Alejandro said I should keep it low and they'll never come looking for me. The people, the hunters, the Venator Immortorum from the Vatican, they think they wiped out all of us. They don't know there's one left. At least I don't think so. Yeah, about that, she led me away from the other students. You've gone to church with my family. How does that work? What do you mean? It's like consecrated ground, so how can you enter? I'm not a vampire. Okay, okay, I just meant, well, can you like touch a cross or does it hurt you? You know, I know this is all new to you and it'll take a while to adjust to, but you keep assuming I'm some kind of evil monster. It actually sort of hurts my feelings. No, Bran, honey, I didn't mean it like that. She hugged me. You're my best friend. I know you're not evil. Yeah, anyway, time to get out of this conversation. You and Tony have fun tonight. I'll see you in the morning. What do you do at night? I read. I walk around. You'd be surprised how entertaining it can be to sit in the dark somewhere and listen to people who don't know you're there. Seriously? Well, I shrugged. The way she said that made me feel a little guilty. It's not like I peek in people's windows or anything. I just have good ears. Anyway, I do have a television, you know? And I have, don't laugh at me, but I have a very extensive doll collection that I sort of pose into scenes, I guess. You play with your dollies, she said in a baby voice. That is so cute. Stop. This is embarrassing. Okay, so have fun with your dolls tonight. I'll see you in the morning, hon. Later. I sat on my nice, cushy sofa with my dolls lined up on the coffee table. Yeah, it is kind of childish. I don't care. When I was growing up, I didn't have dolls like this. We spent the last year of my normal life moving across the country in a wagon and worrying about being attacked by Indians. Before that, I spent most of my time working with my mother, cleaning the clothes, making the meals, washing things, milking cows, feeding animals. Back then, it took hours to make a meal. There were no microwaves or electric ranges, no prepackaged food. It was hard work. Jenna was having a dinner party tonight. Jenna is my favorite doll. She's kind of like me, a little smaller than the others, same reddish hair, pale. Her friends, Marty, who looks a lot like Jessica, Sarah, and Janine, were all gathered at the table waiting for her to serve their meal. No guys tonight. They were all down at the shop working on Joe's car. Jessica just doesn't understand this, Jenna, I said. She thinks this is silly. She never had to go years without anyone to talk to, though. All those times I had to run away, I always made sure to bring you with me. I left the dolls to their party and went to the grocery store. I know I'm not expected to bring anything tomorrow, but I figure I'll bring something to drink and some chips and pretzels and Cheetos. I also got a package of mini candy bars. Everyone likes at least one in the bag. And then I need to find a jacket for Jess. After coming back from the store, I sat on my sofa and stared at my dolls. Children's toys. I'm still just a child. I want to grow up, but it's not going to happen. Not for a long, long time. I can pretend to be grown up, an adult, 
Fight every instinct I have. I've done it before. It sucks worse than being a child. Thanks to Jessica and all her talk about me sitting at home alone all the time, I was feeling really lonely. I've had times before when I feel lonely, but it seems worse now. Now that she pointed it out, it's like it's worse when someone else notices it. I've had months when I spoke to no one, when I stayed alone in an old hunting cabin in the woods, or even sleeping outside. That is not life. I chose to do that because I felt like I shouldn't be around people. The worst was right after the last time I killed someone when drinking from them. I felt like I was a monster and shouldn't go around anyone. That was probably five years after he changed me. I spent an entire winter in the woods alone. I was so weak by spring that I think I was close to death. I would have welcomed it, almost, because I was so lonely. And now is worse, because Jessica sees it too. And the worst part is that I don't have to be alone. I could have gone with her. Instead, I exiled myself to this house. Instead, I exiled myself to this house that I pay 200 a month extra for, so the landlord won't ask too many questions about why a young girl is living alone. I told him my family left me a lot of money when they died, and I just didn't want to wind up in the foster care system. He didn't buy it, but he also didn't ask any more questions. I guess I'll go to bed. Is it really only eight? The nightmares will be bad tonight. They always are when I've been thinking of the people I have killed. Night, Jenna, I said. She didn't answer. She never does. Saturday, May 14th. I showed up at the Sloan's early, around 10 in the morning. I stood out front, under a tree, wondering if it was too early to go inside. But I can hear everyone moving around in there. I think Tony is here, too. I don't see his car, but I think I heard his voice. I guess I'll go in. Well, hello, Bryn. How are you this morning? Good, Mrs. Sloan. How are you? Bryn, honey, why do you always ring the bell? You know you're welcome here. You don't have to ring the doorbell. Thanks, but I just don't feel right walking in without being invited. Well, come in. No, I don't have to be invited in. I can just imagine Jessica asking me that. She still has this silly idea that I'm a vampire, which in her mind probably means I have to be invited in. What is this? Mrs. Sloan asked. You didn't need to bring anything. Did Jessica tell you to bring this? No, she told me not to. I just thought, I just wanted to. Well, thank you. Why don't you put these snacks in the kitchen? Jess is up in her room. She's got that boy up the... She's got that boy up there, so feel free to interrupt. I could hear Jess giggling about something. I walked as softly as I could as I went up the stairs, planning on surprising her. And then Barney came out of his bedroom, the first one at the top of the stairs, and alerted everyone to my presence. Hey, Bryn, he boomed. He stepped across in front of me. Hi, I replied. You look good today. Thanks. He's 20 years old and lives with his parents. He's not in college, he's not working, he's basically a bum that sits around and plays computer games all the time. I've heard him in there playing until three in the morning on nights when I stayed over with Jess. I keep telling myself that is all I've heard him doing in there. He's such a creep. 
I'm gonna start the grill in a while. How well done you like your chicken? Burn it, I said. So you like your meat hard and crisp? Um, what a jerk. I'm actually not that picky. I usually avoid meat. After you've had mine, you'll never say that again. Yeah, um, I gotta go talk to Jess, okay? I pushed past him, working very hard not to break something of his, like a rib or a shoulder. When I stepped into the open doorway to Jessica's room, she and Tony were sitting on the end of her bed, smiling at me. What? I asked. Nothing, Jess said. She covered her mouth with her hand. Hi, Tony. Hey, Red. He stood up. I'm taking off. He leaned down and kissed Jessica. Bye, ladies. Jessica laughed and covered her mouth again as Tony went down the stairs and said a very strained goodbye to Mrs. Sloan. She doesn't like him, and I don't think he likes her either. Jess never gets to hear that strain between them, I'm sure. Mr. Sloan seems to like Tony, at least. Here's your jacket, I said. I tossed it at her. Thanks. What's funny? I asked her. I sat next to her. She makes me feel so small. Nothing, nothing at all, she said. She was holding back the smile, but her eyes were laughing. I'm going to find out, whatever it is. You know that, right? Nothing to find out, she said, losing her battle with the smile. Do you want me to compel you to tell me? I asked. What? You? She smiled and leaned over and started tickling me. You can't, and you know it. You shouldn't have told me so much if you want to make threats like that. How? I had to stop, laugh, and squirm. Do you know I wasn't lying? I can tell. Okay, I really can't take the tickling. It always makes me feel like I'm going to pee. Why do I let her treat me like this? I could stop her. I could physically stop her. Stop, I said when she slowed down to let me breathe. Or what? You aren't scared that I'll retaliate? No, really. She stopped and let me up. I figure if you were going to do anything to me, you would have before now. You have given me plenty of chances letting me spend the night so often. You are a really sound sleeper. Nobody would notice you were dead for at least a day. Okay, we really need to stop talking about death. Sorry. It's all right. She went to her closet and was digging at the back, muttering to herself in words I didn't understand. Then I heard something like, uh-huh, and she was back out of the closet holding a box. She was smiling again. So I figured, she said. She held the box out toward me. You should have these. What is it? I just figured I'm done with them, so you may as well have them. I took the box from her and opened the lid. Dolls, several of them, very well taken care of, I must say. Is this a real gift, or is she just making fun of me? Thanks, Jess, I said. I felt a tear trailing down my face. This means a lot to me. Okay, they're just some old toys I don't need anymore. Don't get all emotional. Sorry, I just don't get a lot of gifts, so it means a lot when I get one. Hey, it's not like I never gave you anything. I gave you that cool necklace for Christmas last year. You mean this one? I said. I hooked my finger under it and held it away from my neck so she could see. I've worn it every day since you gave it to me. Ah, I didn't know you wore it every day. That's sweet. Jenna will be happy to have some new friends, I told her. Who's Jenna? She's my favorite doll. Aw, that's cute, she said in a baby talk voice. Hey, don't make fun of me. Those dolls were the only friends I had for a long time. They like, 
There's stability to me, you know? The one thing I can rely on. I think of your life and it makes me feel so sad, honey. No, it's not that bad. And hey, we need to talk about something else. Barney is coming. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Check out the next episode for the continuation of the story. This book is available in both Kindle and EPUB versions as well as this podcast. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends.